Welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Lori Sox. And I'm Stephen Sox. And so uh, it's funny. Uh, we can. Uh, one thing I have to start off with is how fortunate I am to have such a great partner on this journey. Thank you. Is uh, that because we're just setting up the equipment? We're just setting up the equipment and he <laughs> wants me to have the good mic and the earphones so I can hear myself. And we spend a lot of time, I'm very fortunate, uh, taking care of each other. And that's very, it's important. It's hard to do. It's not cons- always something. Sometimes we have to remind each other, but it's so important to have that support. And I, I really hope everybody out there has has support from somewhere, someone that they can talk to, someone that they can confide in, like honestly, truly confide in the real feelings, not the feelings that we create in our lives or you know, strive for. Um, but the 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 hard ones, the the hard times, the hard thoughts, the the challenges. Because y- you know we work really hard to overcome a lot of daily challenges, like everyone in life. And it's really important to have someone to talk to. And I think for me, why that's important is because this, unlike other challenges, I spend a lot of energy making things okay for other people. One thing I was thinking about when I was thinking about this podcast about preparing for IEPs is how sometimes when we're preparing for our IEPs, we encounter a lot of behavior and a lot of words and a lot of actions that are hurtful towards us. And we make it okay. We rise above it, or we find a way around it. Because Honestly, this journey doesn't incorporate too much extra time to in, indulge when people are uh, not being kind or, or writing inappropriate and wrong things about your child and, that you then have to defend. So uh, I, that's, I just want to start with saying how, how fortunate I feel to, uh, to have such a, a great support on this journey. And I hope that we can provide that kind of support to anybody out there who's on the same path as we are, or the same journey as we are, and uh, has questions or, you know, this this particular time is about uh, prep for the IEP and maybe how we do it dif- how we do it differently now than when we first started. So if we knew then, well, I'd say ditto on the on the case of support. Um, we're coming from perspective of, of parents that are together in the same household, but that support could be uh, another family member or a friend. Um, a group, a support group. A group. Um, like we've said in the past, we're not really uh, village people. We don't need a uh, a village or we, we keep the village in our in our home, but there's a lot of support groups out there and there's a lot of people that feel more comfortable with, with that. I wouldn't say we're not village people. I would say that we had a reluctancy 
and we have a reluctancy to, and, and also at the time, like when it comes down to the end of the day, we, we have each other and we work. And after all is said and done, you know, it's bedtime. So there's not extra time for a village, but I would say that we have an extended village that we've maybe more recently, definitely not at the beginning, uh, an extended village of people that, you know, it's, it's our village. It's people, but it is people we talk to. It is, it's maybe not consistent or anything with a, a form to it, but it happens and we can talk and we can confide and we can help and we can be helped. So IEPs. IEPs. Aren't they fun? I bring uh, food. I bring, we bring food and coffee and we bring food and coffee because that's who we are. And honestly, they can run long and we like to have, uh, people making decisions about our child's, uh, educational supports, not be hangry if, if there's and a also little... food and coffee that you would particularly like yourself yeah, for you, because bring, for it, you bring it for you. Okay. So I would say just touching base on our first experiences with IEPs and our prep. When we first started them, we didn't know much any information we got was maybe from uh, our service providers or uh, the the teachers at the preschool Liam went to and then different people here and there we started parents, to hear maybe parents um, we found a lawyer very early on we found a lawyer and I think we wrestled with that because I think we wrestled with wanting to be nice people I think I think, and I've heard this from other parents, like, oh, I just don't want to be forceful or mean or, or uh, you know, c- come across as it's a, cha- a challenging people or argumentative. But the, the truth is they know their rights and they know the laws. And unless you know all the laws. And um, your rights. And your rights. It's, man, I have to say, I, I, I will never go into an IEP again without a lawyer. Um, or an advocate, but a lawyer, someone who who knows the law and can kind of it can cut to the chase and can eliminate those things that happen, and we've had them happen a lot, where your civil rights are violated, where they'll say and do things, whether they know it or not, uh, that is a direct violation of your child's rights. To an, an attorney can say things that uh, could be more blunt, and it's not you saying them. No, it's so just if you're more the law. With that. It's nothing personal, and it is nothing personal. It never is. That's something we really learned. Oh, yeah. I learned it's not personal. I'm one IEP out of, you know, a docket where they have maybe a schedule of 200 IEPs in a year. I'm one. And it's their job, the administration that you sit down with in in your IEP, your IEP team, it's their job, and their job is not personal. Nope. They can give services or take services away and not even bat an eye. And I think... Uh, what I try to remember is everybody's doing their best. So what I always tell people is don't be emotional. And Liam is now nine and this is our sixth or seventh IEP. And I think I, I, after, after seven IEPs, I feel like I finally reached a place where it's, I can go in non-emotional. I can feel uncomfortable that's a new thing i i really but that's probably the past year because uh, our last i last year they we, kind of pulled the rug off little, yeah we yeah, did a little no and i cried in the a, car so that's emotion we got a little <laughs> relaxed where it's this is a good point if we're talking about lawyers we went into this iep saying well maybe we don't need our attorney <laughs> maybe we 
have uh, the, where we've got everything in place. What could change? Well, I think in combination of our ignorance and also possibly the fact that we did not have an attorney present, it may have opened the door to some things kind of being, well, definitely being thrown on us, and we had to go into mediation and, and, and hire a lawyer at that point. But We can't talk about what happened in mediation because we're not, no, no, but going yes. in, but what led us to going into mediation is uh, that they said we're taking them off curriculum and there's assessments that need to be done. There's a lot of things that need to be done in order for someone to tell you what they're going to do. And it definitely felt like a blatant disregard for my rights, not only my my son's civil rights, but and a right to an education, but also my rights as a parent. Like I was told, this is what we're going to do. And if you don't like it, you know, you can file due process. And it wasn't a discussion and it didn't feel like a team. And it, it was a really horrible experience that I guess we could talk about at some time, but uh, just to help educate people. But the, the truth is, is if we had a lawyer there, then we would, they would have known the law and they would have said right away, you can't, just do that. We definitely wouldn't have felt as alone as as I, as we did. And having a lawyer there doesn't mean that you you get to not know your rights and not be prepared. You still have to prepare. You still have to read all the reports. You still have to uh, you you have to make sure that you're going in there knowing what you want for your child. That's educated about the process and educated right. about what you want. Exactly. So what we do now is we know, and then this is also with a lawyer, but we also know that we we request all reports, all assessments, uh, five days, at least five days before the IEP. This year we requested service records because there was a lot of inconsistency with, I mean, because they had a teacher strike this year and early on, just due to communication, I found out that the his supports weren't supporting him, that she was doing assessments and creating a baseline, which is, you know, seven weeks of Liam's support that he, he doesn't get support, but he's still held to that standard and responsibility to, to learn the information. Uh, so I requested service records, which you can do at any time. It doesn't have to be just for an IEP. You could say, I want to see, and, and it may be perfect, but then you just know. And part of them knowing that you're going to ask for things and hold them accountable will help them to be more accountable. Uh, so those are things that we ask for. And then we ask our lawyer what else to ask for, to be to be honest, to be absolutely honest. I, I, I You have to have a lawyer that you can talk to and say, what else do we need? We also like to have maybe some goals kind of formed or right we'd also requested a draft of the goals which you can request those so that you are better prepared to go into the ip that's why you request them goals sometimes feel like uh seem like another language to me Mm -hmm. a goal could be x amount of minutes at a certain percentage four to five trials 75 percent of the time kind of words can be difficult to comprehend and say well what's a typical kid do or what can my son or daughter do this and will they be able to do it later? And so that's where an attorney can help you too to focus on where the goal should be. And also to understand, and you know, the truth, even if you don't understand what they're saying completely, you can write down what you don't understand and say, I always think of the Tom Hanks movie. You mean movie. as you're reading the Yeah, write down. If I write a goal, what does this mean? 75% of the time out of four to five trials with little prompting. What what does that mean? And write a little note. What does that mean? And in your IEP say, what does that mean? I always think of Philadelphia where Denzel Washington would say, talk to me like I'm what, a sixth, a sixth 
five years old or something? Talk to me like I'm a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. So you can ask that because it's so important and don't be afraid to ask. I think that's one thing I do differently now. I'm not afraid to ask because I don't know because I'm a parent. I'm not a lawyer. I, I'm not a school administrator. I'm not a service provider. So tell me what you mean by that. Tell me so I can understand. So when you ask for those reports, you read them. One, it's not brand new. You're not hearing it for the first time in the IEP. Two, you can ask questions so you understand it better. And three, sometimes they write horrible things about your child that just make you want to cry, That the perception that they paint of your child. So get that out of the way. So you can go into the IEP and go, all right, this is what you guys see. And you said that my child doesn't respond to other kids and can't memorize things like songs or days of the week. And then you pull out your video of your child singing a song that he's memorized or a letter from a friend that says, I'm friends with Liam and I've been friends with Liam since first grade. And, and you, you're prepared to say, you know what, you're wrong. And then honestly, in the areas that they're right, you can look at it and go, you know what, they're right, but it's not the first time you're reading it. And you can also, sometimes they'll say things and the things that are hurtful and wrong, I prepare and I say, okay, these, this is where you're wrong. Here's Liam reading. Here's Liam tracking. Here's Liam speaking. Here's Liam singing. And the things where they're right, I'll say, you know what, you're right. How do we support him to face that challenge? What are we going to do? Because I know he can achieve that goal. What do we do to change what you're seeing? What, where he is now? Because he has grown. He has learned. He's continually growing. And if he has the right supports, this is what he's going to do. And the things that you say, oh, I don't know if I'll ever do that. You can honestly embrace that and go, well, what in the moment is important? And how can we support him? And what is the actual goal? And the thing is, you're prepared So unlike our experience last year, you're prepared for wherever they are thinking to go. And, but hopefully you hope you have a team. Yeah. And that's a good time to, to bring up all this because all the team is supposed to be there, right? Everything is represented. Every, um, service is represented, uh, represented, the administration is represented. You're there as representation for him. Um, so you need to be, or her, and so you need to be your, your child's advocate. Um, and don't worry about the time. Um, all these things you're, you're talking about, asking questions, putting input, showing a video, handing a letter from a child or a pediatrician or what, it, what have you, this is all your time. And we've had some marathon IEPs where we'll have a recess after one day of four, five, six, five hours, I guess, with a lunch and that's really why we bring food (laughs) yeah and then we'll have i mean they need it teachers do need to take a a lunch so there will be a break but um i know some people's ieps get done before lunch well ours usually carry over and we have a second day because we want everything to be flushed out i want to know what's going on and this is a one time a year meeting and uh then we're crystal clear hopefully on what the iep is which is a a uh legal binding uh a piece of paper that that you're going to be referencing to all year and and in the future when you're building the next IEP. Now everything that we've talked about so far is any IEP. But the truth that I experience is that sometimes people don't know how to teach children with down syndrome. It's it's different than ADHD. 
It's different than autism. It's different than uh, uh, dyslexia. But this is where we as parents support our children. And instead of going in so angry that they don't know how to support my child, I can say, look, this is what we do. And this is what works for us. And remind them that it is, it's different. It's different. Everybody learns differently. I learn differently than my husband. We look at ways when we're driving and I need the written directions and he looks at the map. That's our brains just work differently. Every human learns differently. But you can say, okay, well, this is what we do and this is what he needs because I'm his parent and maybe you don't know much about Down syndrome, but I, I have some knowledge and I can help you to support him and I can help you to understand. And I think being able to approach what feels like hostility, and hopefully you don't get that. Hopefully your IEPs, everybody's like, hey, we're on board and let's see how we can support. But if you do, exp- that's been our experience. Well, you know, what can happen sometimes is schools can be a bit cookie cutter. So even with typical kids, well, when you have a child that needs extra supports, sometimes these uh, these supports are just cut from... Uh, they're generic. They're generic. They're they're from the past, which is always changing, and, and, and gladly for Down syndrome education. But Which I think is new. It's fairly new. You have to think of the last decade or so. Um, there's been more opportunities for children with Down syndrome through education, uh, not just this, like I said, cookie-cutter way of doing it. So, well, first he goes here or she, and then we put him there, and then we do this. And, we, and it feels out of control sometimes when everyone else on your team, who's supposed to be the professionals, may be thinking one way, and you're saying, well, that seems a bit old school. It seems a bit... Founded in the history that maybe 50 years ago, if your child was born with Down syndrome, they were institutionalized. Yes. And there wasn't a education provided. Or if it was, it was very rare that people actually took the time to, to educate. So when you're trying to buck that system, you could have some resistance. And I think you can learn new ways, but I believe the professionals that have been doing it can learn new ways too, new better ways. Or it should always be evolving. Today, someone uh, said some really great words that I was just like, oh, I love this. This is going to resonate in me. And it was, notice how you feel when something gets uncomfortable. And there's a difference between discomfort and pain. Pain, we back away from, we do something different, we walk away, pain. But it's okay to be uncomfortable. That's where change occurs. So when you're in a situation where you're uncomfortable. Maybe it's reading reports where someone really paints a horrible picture of your child or listening as they're proposing uh, a goal that is below what your child could do or trying to put him on a different track that you don't agree with. Obviously, your track and what you're doing for your child, that is your choice. So whether it be whatever your choices are, that they're your choices. And it's okay if it's uncomfortable to sit and say no. 
it's okay to be uncomfortable when you're advocating for your child's rights because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily always feel good. It feels challenging, but it's okay to be to have that discomfort because if you can sit there and feel your feelings and know that you get to choose how you respond, that that's where you're going to make change. And I and I as soon as he said, I'm like these words I'm bringing into the IP when they. When they tell me we're going to push for Liam to be off curriculum, we're going to push him into a special day class, we're going to, you know, everything that they're going to say, that they're going to do, I can hear those words. I cannot like those words. And it can be uncomfortable. And then I can choose how I'm going to respond. And I hope that, I, I really hope those words help or resonate somewhere in you because because they, they really did. And that's just where I am now. It took me a long time. It took me a lot of work, a lot of work to get here. It can be very uncomfortable. It can be very nerve wracking. Anxiety is there. Even after you want to stay f- in your mind, you want to stay friends with people. You want to have a good rapport with people. And sometimes people don't treat you the way you should have, you think you should have been treated or they rubbed you wrong and, and, um, it can change things. And that's, that's okay too. You're not going to get along with everyone. The, 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 the point is that your child is going to school and is having relationships that in no way will be affected by anything that happens in this meeting. Uh, will no way be affected in a negative way through relationships. Not agreeing with a teacher or the principal or a therapist, and there's a little rough edges there. It shouldn't reflect in the child's experience at school. And I would also say, though, when I'm talking about being uncomfortable, uh, I don't want it to cause me to react in a way that's not beneficial to my child and the support that he receives. I, I want to be able to go, all right, there it is. Yeah, I feel that. Why do I feel that? Because it's wrong. Okay, so we're going to look at it. And what are we going to do? Are we going to just be mad? Because mad does squat. Anger does squat. But what you can go is say, you know what? They're wrong. Look at his homework from last night. They're wrong. I was reading a book. I said, where's the noun? And he said, elephant. So then I can take that and take a deep breath. And then I say, all right, well, here, this is the work that I have to do. And I'm going to do this work. And that's going to be my choice because I'm going to show them because they don't know. And honestly, your kids, our kids act different. And that's Liam and Sophia (laughs) at home and at school. It's, I'd so we different. can show them how right. what nope. works at home. Yeah, this is this is what he does. This is how he acts, and this is this is the reality. And combine together, create a system that supports him uh, year by year, day by day. But staying in the moment, what's here? Create a feasible system and build on things and and focus on what's important right now, in this moment. And believe in his potential or her potential. Exactly. Not. Not don't put any barriers up. Not these archaic beliefs about anyone. I always use the elephant. I always use the elephant analogy that if you take an elephant and you bind him with a two foot long chain for long enough that you can take that chain off and then he will remain within that two foot perimeter. And that's, that's the truth with any human being, I believe. That once you get someone to believe what their limits are, it's really hard to break that. So the thing is, in the moment, what is the reality? What, what is 
what is our possibility here? What can we do to change this? What can we do to support this moment, this reality, this child, their abilities? Not what you believe and what you've seen on TV and what your grand, grand folks used to or say. What, the, what students in the past have done exactly. in your mind. Right. This, uh, this podcast is about IEP prep. What, what I would say is ground yourself and take deep breaths as you go into it. Ask for everything that you need in writing time stamped. Ask for it. If they don't give it to you, write another letter. Because honestly, then if you have to go to due process, you have a record of the times that you've asked for things that you didn't get, that you needed. If you can't have a lawyer, an advocate, or somebody who knows, but I, I, I reach out and Try to find somebody to sit with you at that table. I do recommend a lawyer because they know the law. And know the law yourself. That's what I always say is no. We joke right. about that if we had a friend who's an actor, he could just or she could just show up with us and in a suit and say they're an attorney and it would change things. Yeah. I mean, just having, <laughs> just having someone else do, there. We've, yeah. You know, just having someone else there. I mean, of course, it's nice to have someone that is educated in the law, but just having someone else in the room. That's on your side. It's on your side helps a lot. And that might be an advocate. Someone yeah. that would be actually, might not cost anything. Get uh, get the reports and read them. The assessments and read them. Educate yourself. Take notes. What do you see? Uh, if there's things where there's inconsistency in what they're saying, record it. Record it on your iPhone or your Samsung or record it and bring it in and show them. You're wrong. And that could be that because for the 20 minutes they see your child every week, this is what your child shows them. And you can't fault that. There's a lot of people that they're supporting. So try to always remember that too. That's what I would change. I think I'd change my attitude because I, I, I could have, I, I've been fiery and defensive in the past. It, it made me so mad that people make extra work for parents that don't need extra work. No parent needs extra work. Let's face it. But if you're dealing with, uh, if, if you're dealing with trying to get the support for your child, so he can access or she can access the curriculum, so they can be educated, why cause unnecessary stress to me? It, I would be so frustrated. Why make it about stuff that really doesn't matter? Why aren't you supporting my child? And honestly, those things can make you mad. And uh, be mad, then let that go and dig in and find a spot to come from that actually helps your cause. And it also helps your spirit. It helps you. It helps how you feel to go in there and just to be able to breathe and to to have everything that you need. Everything's been read. All your notes have been taken. What you want, what your questions are. You have a lawyer by your side and you go in there and then this is, this is it. It's not about anything else because it shouldn't be about anything else. Uh, come from a place where you're non-emotional and non-reactionary, but stay focused on how they're going to support your child. And know that you represent your child in that You're room. You're advocate, right? Mm -hmm. um, if I knew then what I know now, I would definitely ground myself. I would definitely put the emotion to the side. I would read through everything, and I, and I would let the anger and all the other emotions that don't serve it, um, including fear and insecurity and all those things, or not wanting to hurt people's feelings. I would know that I'm one out of hundreds of IEPs that they do every year. And my job is to advocate for my child. And if it's something that goes against your, your rights or something that you believe in, then you go to due process. 
You, you follow, don't be afraid to follow the necessary steps that are put in line. And then as you prepare, do the same kind of preparation, but don't be afraid that you're going to hurt someone's feelings by saying you're wrong. This is what my child needs. And it's, you know, you choose your battles and then enjoy every other moment because I know it's stressful. Walk out of there, take, a, take, take your time to transition and then get back into all the yummy goodness that's your life because yep. that is something that they can't change in the IEP. They can challenge you. They can try to limit your child, but they cannot change all the goodness. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. From the top.